Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast, the first winner's lounge of the season. Avs win 5-2 over the LA Kings. Let's go. This right here, I like that. this is vitamin W right here. <laughs> this is what it... That's an authentic sound. All right. Let's get the show started here. Uh, he sniffed it for real. <laughs> no, like that was real. His that eyebrows was... are curling. <laughs> or melting. Winter shots? No. <laughs> uh, Av superstars were the ones really showing out tonight, but there's a lot to talk about in this game. A little bit all over the place, to be honest with you. Eric, you said you wanted the 60-second rundown, bud. Give it to me. Good luck. Last week, polls came out, top players in the NHL. Avs at three in the top ten. You saw them tonight. Makar. There's McKinnon, zero chance he gets through this in it. Oh, yeah, I will. Oh, yeah, I will. I got the clock in front of me. Best players in the world, they get to that lead. They show that they're ready to go. There's a redemption year after last year. They're pumped. They're ready to go. Georgiev made some big saves. All of a sudden, they get to that 3 nothing lead. They get into a little bit of bad luck with, you know, a couple bad bounces there. Next thing you know, LA Kings are into the game. But the Avalanche, they know how to win. What do they do in the third period? They lock it down. They don't give up much. All of a sudden, that's Avalanche hockey. That new third line makes that big play of the game, puts the game away. LA Kings, good hockey team. Avalanche, a better team. You saw it tonight. Boom! feel like you did not cover the goals well enough, but well, I mean, I'll give it to I mean, you. I, do, I mean, you can't. <laughs> 60 seconds. That's what I try to do, and I have a three-minute breakdown. We'll talk about the goals. We will. Um, I mean, uh, let's start with our feelings at the start of this game. Why was he laughing the whole time? You, Kim. Okay. Kim. Committed. I committed to the bit, all right? You just got me so off guard how hard he went. No, it's true. And then he went, he doubled down. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're three minutes into this game, oh, and Miko Rantanen has made three terrible passes. And then you're five minutes into this game, and Miko Rantanen has made the best pass you've ever seen in your life. And the Avs are up one nothing. And that's what I mean by the best player. Yeah. And easy. You're like, just built different. He ends the night with four points. How do you stop that? How do you stop a line of McKinnon and Rantanen together? Just, dude, you don't. You just accept it? Yeah. The NHL's been asking this question for six years. <laughs> they still haven't it, figured it, it out. It has gone unanswered. <laughs> oh, you can't. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Someone asked McKinnon the other day what it's been like watching Rantanen grow as a player. And he paused. He paused a few times, actually answering questions because he said, "I haven't been asked that in a long time because he's been good for five or six years now." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how how do we feel about one game of that line? Obviously, we would know what McKinnon and Rantanen are. They showed out. We'll talk more about them tonight. But Jonathan Druin on that top line, he does get an assist on that first goal. What are the What are the vibes for the first game of Druin on the top line? Needs work, man. Uh, really looked uncomfortable playing at full speed against a quality team in the defensive zone. Um, got lost a couple of times, especially with the uh, their coverage out high in that zone. He didn't he didn't always totally look like he knew he was where he was supposed to be. So there was a little bit of scrambly, but um, for them for the most part, I mean, for first game, 
brand new team, brand new systems, all new teammates. You know, I know obviously with McKinnon, but I mean, it's 10 years ago. Um, but you have to, you have to feel like the vibes are still pretty good over overall, yeah. man. They've, I don't know how you feel anything, but encouraged by what happened. There's a lot of room for growth. It's not like he maxed out and you're like, this is as good as it's going to get. There was plenty of good. There were a couple of really, really nice plays by him in this game that went unrewarded on the other end of them. When you're a playmaker, that's life. So, you know, uh, for me, I'm, you know, just as the one driving the hype train on that <laughs> on that guy, I still feel exactly the same. I think it's going to work. I think it's going to work at a high level. And he looks like a really good fit. He just needs to work out. Some of that defensive stuff. He needs to he needs to raise that that level a little Shakespeare bit. Shakespeare can't write a midsummer night dream in October. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, <laughs> uh I do wanna this is we're gonna kinda end up jumping all over the place just because that's how it ends up in games like this sometimes. Abs penalty kill goes perfect tonight, both at the start of the game in the first period, keeps them with their one oh <clears> lead <throat> on multiple attempts, and then at the end of the game with some not so great penalties by Bowen Byram. They kill two in the third to maintain a lead. Is this, I know a 100% power play isn't sustainable, but can the Avs avoid the lulls in their penalty kill that they saw last season? I'm trying to like, I don't, I don't know that I had too much criticism of the penalty kill because it fluctuated the way that special teams naturally does. But what I think was encouraging from tonight was the fit of two players who are new to penalty killing in Ross Colton and Miles Wood, yeah. but especially Ross Colton. He assimilated to <laughs> the way in which the Avs like to kill penalties, which by itself is going to be a bit of an adjustment because I do think that it differs in ways. It can be aggressive and in search of transition in a way that you have to be pretty smart, though, still making good reads defensively. And this is where Ross Colton, that gutsy side of him, really showed through. Some well-timed blocks, you know, dropping to his knees, sacrificing the body. Miles Wood, good stick defense yep. at the net front too. At, at both ends too, this was an area of the ice that both of these players, that dangerous part inside home plate, they were unafraid to get to yep. on either side. And so on the penalty kill specifically though, Ross Colton was a bright spot. Excellent. And that was where he played some of his best hockey tonight in my Agreed. opinion. I uh, go ahead if you can. Well, I was going to say, that's why you, you made those acquisitions last summer, yep. right? And, and even Ross Colton, I think he told us when he was on the show, he didn't really play in Tampa, right, on the PK, but he played yep. in Syracuse in the minors. Yep. Um, those things don't go away. And, and, and that's why you sign them to the contract you signed them, because they had plans for them to, to use them. And I, I love the way they used the forwards tonight, obviously with three units or three sets of two. You know, everybody was into it, and... Like Megan just said, those are a little intangible. You got to remember those two power plays that the Kings get, they score. It's a different game. It's yeah. a different game in the first period. So those were two key, and it sets the tone for the season. Now they got some confidence, you know, on the PK, and then all of a sudden it carries on to the next game. And, you know, I thought those guys were awesome tonight on the PK, and, uh, you know, it bodes well for the future for sure. When you, <clears throat> you compare it to the start of last season, obviously it's one game. So the PK could end up being god-awful. You don't know, yeah. But the PK was god-awful for the first two months of the season last year. Yeah, It was last or 30th or lower for a lot of that time. And it never recovered. Like, it ended up finishing, like, 17th or yeah. something like that, 19th, somewhere in there. 
but it was like from January first on, like twenty eighth yeah. or something. It was like, like, it, it was like yeah. eighth in the NHL, yeah. but it was just it was so bad to start. Yeah, it never fully recovered. Recover. Yeah. This unlocked yeah. the memory of yeah. asking Logan O'Connor, like, "You are not new to the Avs PK, so what's going on here at the start of the year? Like, yeah. is it some new personnel? Is it readjusting to?" And I. I Remember now what you were alluding to earlier. Yeah, it was really bad to start the year. Then a couple this... bad nights, right? Like three for three. Oh yeah, or yeah. There were some really like rough ones. Nights, yeah. yeah, and uh, there were there were some blown leads that were built on the back of bad PKing, and we saw the exact opposite tonight, where the PK locked it down. For yeah, them. the PK yeah. sustained. I mean, and and to be honest, I mean, I know we're going to get into it maybe a little more in depth later on, but for me, this game, the the, the this game is one. In the first seven minutes of the third period, yep. Bowen Byram takes two really bad boarding penalties, yep. and, and in the that say no, yeah, yeah, and and the Avalanche just don't give up anything, yep, it, of, it, of really high quality. It, it was scrambly at times, but they held it together and because you are you are talking like Miles Wood at times. You're like, where are you going? You know, uh, Sam Gerrard had a had a couple of different puck clears, that not necessarily not in the good. third period, but like on Just, the PK yeah, in general. Um, and and there that that were that weren't very good. Um, <laughs> your t- Josh Manson and Jack Johnson both took turns making egregious errors. Yep. Uh, on the PK and well, and, and look, they made a lot of good plays too, and the mistakes they made. Georgiev was there. Well, and and where they where they made plays that I really like. You're talking about Ross Colton in particular <laughs> yep. here. It's High in the zone, it's disruptive. It's yep. with the stick, and it's uh, they would make the play, and the puck is out of the zone. Best la- best way to prevent shots is to not let them shoot in the first place. Yeah, and it was it, it was just really the watching and and like I really want to focus on Ross Colton in that PK job. I want to expand on that too a little just bit. Just because like him in particular, it was like we the Abs need one of these guys come yep. in, win a lot of faceoffs. And also and, be able to do the PK job right. properly. And like, yeah. Frederick Olofsson looked fine. Um, sure. There was like Frederick Olofsson. There's, he's going to, they're going to show him video tomorrow and it's going to be like every single facet of his game. You can do a little bit better. He learned the hard lesson of don't pass to Logan O'Connor in a two on one tonight. <laughs> All good. Uh, but the, the play by Ross Colton, I, I thought was one of the more impressive aspects of it, of just his, his stick work, how disruptive he was. The the physicality that he played with and adjusting immediately and taking to that PK role and looking very comfortable, uh, you just have to feel positive well, about that uh, about that role. And the thing about him doing this, and I I get it. Look, one of the first things they teach you about playing defense when you're a kid growing hockey is hey, have an active stick. But the Avs take that to like an entirely new level when you're talking about guys like Devontae, Sam Gerrard. And now Ross Colton is adding himself to that list with the play he man- he's had tonight. Multiple plays where his stick is the one breaking stuff up for the LA Kings on that power play. He also had some good blocks. Like and where was said, he the last few seasons? Yeah, in Tampa. Exactly. <laughs> Championship teams. There you go. And you can just see how much the Evs emphasize that stick work on the defensive end. And it paid off for Colton tonight, obviously, in a big way. Uh, you get to the second period... The Avs did all right on the other side of special teams, too. They get a power play early on in the second. Kale McCarr, still good at hockey, it turns out. Still pretty good at scoring goals. I'm glad he missed <laughs> training camp. <you> know. <laughs> <laughs> was, sa- was saving it for the games. Yeah. 
I'll have to like look back on that last empty net goal, but every goal scored for Colorado ran through Macar in some way. Including Quinton Byfield's goal. <laughs> he, I'm he, he did score that one too. <laughs> it's yeah. true. No, but it, it's actually genuinely true. Like it might not end up on the score sheet, but the play began with Kale McCarr for every goal scored for the Avs tonight. Pretty I think good. it's going to be a detail worth remembering. Not that it needs reminding because of who Kale McCarr is. He picked up two points tonight. What was it? 64 multi-point games already in McCarr's career? Like, that's stupid. Number one in the franchise, right? Franchise Beats record at 24 years old. That's so dumb. 24. It's <laughs> just 30. <laughs> okay, Kale. Actually not fair that he gets to play hockey. <laughs> uh, and then the Avs score another one almost immediately with Miko Rantanen making weird decisions to not shoot it from the slot yeah. and then getting the puck back and scoring from an impossible <laughs> angle just because he's Miko Rantanen. Yeah. I, I guess he's that good, and I, I don't have anything to say about it. I don't know. Just better. Mm-hmm. When you're built different, you're built different. Uh, look, the back half of the third period did get a little bit squirrely at times for Colorado. Uh L.A. does get one goal back about three or so minutes after Miko made it 3 nothing. Back half of the second period? Did I say first? You said third. Oh, even worse. Second period. Sorry. Um, you just had me confused. I was like, sorry. It, a lot of squirreliness in the second period in particular. Are we mostly chalking this up to its opening night? There's going to be some of that. Don't worry about it. Or are there things specifically that you need the abs to do better? I'm chalking it up mostly to L.A.'s really good. Okay. Uh, and you have to remember, that's a good hockey team. That's Besides gonna, their goalie. That's going to win a lot of games this year, and they're going to they're gonna pound some bad teams with the way that they possess the puck and with how good they are defensively, especially with their forward core. Going down the middle, I mean, it, that's, a really good, that's a really good forward core that was not at full strength and was playing with 11 guys tonight. So they're going to get better. Um, and I thought, it, hey, in that in that second period... Yeah, they got outplayed. Um, you know, it started great the first five minutes of it. You add a couple of goals, you're up three nothing, and you feel like you're you should be shifting into a little cruise control ish. Uh, you know, you give up two goals that the first goal is like, hey, that's like a good four check, and that's you know, it, it helps that Josh Manson falls down, right? Yeah. Uh, but then after that, like the the goal with ten with with five seconds to go, uh, the face off with that 10 one's seconds. a whole bunch of nonsense. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the uh, like it's awful luck. It's awful luck, but it is brutally bad decisions that lead to it. I, I want to talk about both of these, so let's talk about their first goal first because I think there was a lot to like on the defense from the Abs in this game, but a lot of the concerns we had voiced about Jack Johnson being a six. Instead of a seven, you see him crop up on that goal. Absolutely. I think some of a topic that I'll refer back to in talking about some of the difficulties that the third line faced, for example, is yep. LA gets last change. And because they are also short of forward, they are matchup hunting yep. in a lot of different ways. Yep. And so Jack Johnson and Josh Manson get some of LA's best. In situations that you don't want those to be the defenders on the ice. Yeah. And this is true of the ways in which that third line also got eaten up in the possession battle a little mm -hmm. bit tonight as well. But particularly on this goal is where it is highlighted that Jack Johnson is going to get some of those matchups in any given game. Because it is just the competitive edge of today's NHL that 
any home team is going to take advantage of. They'll find and your weakest players. Yeah. You need better yep. than that. You need better than that from top to bottom. And it's obviously a really brutal look to have Manson also then fall on that play. But it starts with, you know, Jack Johnson getting caught up in that foot race to get back and making a pretty erratic decision with yeah, the puck. It just apparently goes behind No him. hope of clearing, yeah. <laughs> Certainly. And so that's where I have criticisms is you just need them to play a little bit more solidly there because you're not asking Jack Johnson to be the puck moving <coughs> team. You're asking him just to be reliable in his own end. Yep. And so in his own end, he just has to be a little bit smarter there uh, because it, it leads to then, you know, chaos, then Phil Deneau is able to just send it to the top of the crease for yep. Grundstrom and, and poor Georgiev's left kind of in a, in a tough spot there that he shouldn't have to be. He made some important saves, obviously not that one. It's something, too, that they can go back, look at, and clean up a bit. But obviously Jack Johnson makes up for it a little bit. Yeah, he, he does get the primary assist on the M's fourth goal. But, but gets eaten up otherwise. Yep. And it's because he is getting some of those tough matchups and couldn't <laughs> quite hang. And and the problem is it's game one, right? If teams didn't already know, they're going to see that footage and they're going to say, yeah, we want to find our best guys against Jack Johnson. Well, and like, <clears throat> they're going to know because they did this last I year. I know, but... And so they're going to go hunting against, as Megan mentioned, they're going to line up hunt. Yep. You're looking for that matchup specifically at on home ice. He's your weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, he, they, like that third pairing is your weakness. Combined. And a really weird game for Manson, too, I... Eric and AJ both mentioned it during the watch along of some of it was certainly bad ice, but Josh Manson fell over like 15 times in this game. And he hasn't played much, right? Yeah. God, uh, last year, and it's a tough injury because you, you, he hasn't been able to skate, right? Yeah. In the summer and um, he'll be fine. I, I remember when he got here a couple of years ago, same thing. First, like, I don't know, 10 games were an experiment. I mean, it was ugly at times and yep. then they ended up being yeah. a key piece and, and then last year when he came back, same thing. You know, it was tough, and I'm not worried about him. He's got the heart of a lion. And but but you're right. You know, teams are gonna you know try to exploit that, and that's you know no team's perfect, and that's probably a little bit where the Abs are a little bit weaker. Uh, but but that second goal is where I I, I didn't like that one. I, I didn't like the, the way it's five seconds. You hear Bednar stay above pucks all the time, right? He says that after every game. Yeah, I, yeah. I like how we were above pucks. Right there, you got two guys jumping the gun. Um, you know, five seconds to go. The odds are you're up by three on the road on the opener, you know, season opener. Just, you know what? Let the puck drop. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you're. Understand the situation. Understand the Yeah. Situational play there. I think they, you know, miscued it. And then next thing you know, obviously it was a bad icing. I mean, it was the, it was the wrong call, right? On the icing. And, um, you know, all of a sudden there's a. It face shouldn't have been at center ice. It, it should it have been at center ice. And then. But those things happen, and then and next thing you know, there's there's a flubber at you know, at Georgiev. Then he misplays it somehow because it's a bad bounce, and he's trying to poke it, but it's too soft, and, and then it goes off Kale, and you know goes in the net. So well, yeah. and and Kale doesn't help it that situation because he gets you know, beat as, up. Yeah, as, as much yeah. as we don't like what McKinnon and Duran do off that draw, you as a defenseman they, cannot well, let that and, play and get behind you because yeah. he's being lazy about it. You watch it; he's just lackadaisically skating back to it. And uh, meanwhile, Adrian Kempe and Quentin Byfield yep. are both flying down the ice. Those are both pretty fast guys. And if Kale McCarr is going all the way and he's not like, oh, it's the end of the period and yeah, whatever. The Kings never get that puck in the ex- end. Exactly. Anyway, he, yeah. Georgiev probably gets away with the punch of the puck, that soft yeah. punch, because Kale's probably a step and a half ahead of where he was. 
which is the difference there. But, and instead, he gets smoked because he turns around, doesn't see that he's got guys with him, and just kind of like lollygags back to it. And it's like as much as as much as we obviously are going to get to how incredible all of Colorado's best players were tonight. That was one where you look at it and you're like, this is bad by everybody. All of these top guys. Yep. The only okay. guy that you're not mad at on that play is Miko Rantanen. <laughs> but, but but on that on that faceoff, if you stay on the correct side of the puck, nothing happens. Yeah, because yep. Kempe can't skate all the yeah. way. Yeah, all you have to do is survive side. ten seconds. Like, yeah, I mean that's it. <laughs> like yeah, like, uh, like five. Yeah, yeah it's not really even, like not five. even and, ten. And then yeah. I I agree with AJ. My issue isn't so much like what Byfield singularly is doing. It's the fact that Byfield. And Kempe are able to get to the net front in yeah. front of Makar in that way because Kempe is the real threat there. Makar knocking it in is just is unfortunate. Yeah. Exactly. But it, even if Makar hadn't done that, it was going to Kempe anyways. Yeah, to cross it in. Yeah. Which was at center ice. It was on the right side. And he has yeah. A free lane. Yeah. Because. Joanne and McKinnon were not on the correct side of the puck. <laughs> we're they, sitting here talking about giving up the second goal here and like, oh, hey, we don't like this. We don't like that. <laughs> it's one of the and best they have players a three on two, the ice. Well, and they yeah. have a 3-2 lead going they, into the third period. They literally never trailed in this hockey game. Absolutely. Uh, on that note, you were talking about Kale McCarr getting smoked. If you want to get smoked, do you know we have our own joint line now? We make our own joint line with kind love. You can get a joint pack of five joints that happens to be as many goals as the Avs scored tonight. So that lines up well uh, of our Immaculate Vibes joints. You can get them in Indica or Sativa, whatever you need. They've got you covered. Uh, you can also still use the DNVR code in store to get 25% off your purchase with Kind Love. So look, DNVR is the place to be. I promise it's good weed. Uh, just ask all of the weed smokers at our job. They know what they're doing. I'll leave it to you at that. True. Uh, <laughs> I am uno momentuing because Kind Love is the place to get all of your products. Even if you're not getting the DNVR joints, you can get all sorts of flour, gummies, all the good stuff over from Kind Love. So make sure you do get over to Kind Love when you can. They're one of the OG dispensaries. They've been around since 2010. They have two locations here in Colorado. Uh, Highly recommend you give their turbo joints a try if you want uh, if you want an experience like what I had with those smelling salts. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, go try the Immaculate Vibes five joint pack from DNVR. Use the code, get your twenty five percent off. Go in and kind love, find the good stuff. Cool. Also brought to you by Bet365. Uh, all my bets hit tonight. So bet on the abs with Bet365 if you've got the opportunity. Obviously, they give tons of different boosts and all sorts of crazy stuff. If you saw it in the abs game, they had AJ like walked me through like seven parlays for the abs game that they threw out there. Uh, tons of options through Bet365, no matter what you do. So go over there. Don't be ordinary. Go over to Bet365 and be the best. They want every 
single touchdown, every single goal, every single play to be epic. So no matter what it is, Bet365 has you covered. Use the boosts. Sign up today. Get in there with the DNVR365 code. You must be 21 or older, physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Oh, God, it's already almost midnight. Uh, you take a look at this game. I, I did want to touch a little bit more on that second goal from L.A., you come away from a, a game like this where it took a ridiculous amount of good bounces for LA to even get two goals. Yeah. It, that play being, it never even happens if the refs just don't call the icing. The Avs just have possession in their own zone with 10 seconds left and the period ends. If they call the icing and actually put it in an LA zone, it never happens. And then you have the funky bounces off the ice in Georgiev and off of Makar's stick. Yeah, like all the things that, that lead into it, and it's still an own goal. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. Reflection off Makar's stick, which, like, these things happen, but, like, come on. And I wanted to stop and give props here again to Georgiev. I already gave him props for the PK, but dude played fantastic tonight. He was locked in, stopping everything that he needed to stop. When you have... Miko Ranton and Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, and Alexander Georgiev all playing as well as they did tonight. Abs aren't going to lose a lot of games, are they? <laughs> and it no, bodes no. well with Georgiev because he was on top of the crease. His feet, he's got the best feet in the NHL uh, as a goalie. Like, he is so squared. He's so fast. Knows what he's doing. He's squared. His shoulders are up. Helmet's up. You know, he, he, he's, he's fun to watch. He's a fun goalie to watch. And, you know, had the most wins in the NHL last season. So I think he's only going to build off of that. And, you know, we were talking about the PK earlier, of course. Name me a good PK, I'll name you a good goalie, right? I mean, it goes hand in hand. Um, you know, they're usually your best penalty killers, and, and you're bang on. Tonight, there were there, – there's a reason I just read. Like, the Avs have won their – dating to last year, they've won their last 12 road games. You want – I mean – you want to be a good team? I mean, you got to win some. Obviously, you need a good home record, but you got to win some games on the road. Yeah. This team can do it at home on the road. Starts with goaltending, and I thought he was outstanding. And I, I think, look, we are big team preaching. Preseason means nothing, right? Oh, God, yeah. But there are people who who do feel a little bit more intently about it. And you saw a couple games where the Avs blew some leads. You saw Georgiev not play his best in the preseason. All of that gets assuaged tonight, right? The Avs hold the lead. Georgiev plays great. Obviously, there's a lot of sloppiness to clean up. Not that that was unexpected. But as Eric likes to say, it's a team that knows how to win, yeah? Yeah, and you give up a goal. Uh, I'll tell you, like a young team, like, let's use Jersey last year or whatever. You give up a goal like that with four or five seconds to go and appear, it can derail you. I mean, those are the types of plays that just, do in, in a game I'm talking about, it can derail you. The Avs are strong. They come back, and like AJ said, you go in the third, and they just lock it down and basically give up nothing. So that's a sign of a championship team, and that's a great sign, you know, obviously after one game. And again, against a solid LA Kings team, this is this is a big win for them. You can't take the Sharks for granted, obviously. But you know, you go in there, you spend some time together on the road, and and then you go and play. I mean, he's looking at me sideways. Um, take but, a little you know, for granted. You know what I mean? Um, the people yeah. need to hear you, Eric. They say they want the mic closer to your face. Oh, sorry. 
Yeah. That better? Get get cozy with it. All right. And then, uh, so I do believe that it, it was a perfect mistake, that second goal, because they responded well to it and then showed that they are. And then and those things are going to happen in the playoffs too, and right? That's when the yep. stakes are high. And But you got to remember, a home opener, I mean, sorry, a season opener obviously wasn't a home opener. It's always a big game too in the season. It's exciting, like you just said. Exhibition game's over. Preseason games are over. Now it's the real deal. And, and it feels like a playoff game because it's the first, you know, game that counts. And for the new guys, it's their first game. For the goalie, you want to make sure, you know, that you're up to snuff. And, you know, special teams, nod counts. <clears throat> nod starts counting in the stats. And, you know, we start looking after every game at where are they at in the percentage-wise and on the PP, on the PK. And the real points, you know, ranting in, what's his, you know, he's got four points now. Oh, he's at the top of the league probably, right? I mean, who else is that? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, mean, I guess Besser, yeah. <laughs> he's got all I four mean, goals. I'm sorry, Besser, yeah, sorry. JT yeah. Miller, actually. JT Miller? Well, I mean, they did score eight in that game, so there's right. probably a couple guys, yeah. All right, give him one more game. Give him, give him Wednesday. I mean, you know, <laughs> not Wednesday, but Friday. Friday. Yeah. Or Saturday, uh, I guess, yeah. What day yeah. is it now? It's, it was game day, and in it's two Wednesday, minutes, it's so not, game, it's Saturday, not game, game day. Yeah, yeah. We, are no, we are now in the part of the season where days of the week are gone. It and is now game day it, and not game day. We got so five minutes till day. it's not game day. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still game day. So it was good it. to see. It was good to see. Give Georgiev credit because yeah. it is such a mental <laughs> so position, good. and there's a little bit of added pressure going into a year where Pavel Francouz is not backing you up, and... He knew he was going to be the starter, but it does feel like it is just that much more pressure to be the guy in that coming into this year. And Avs were not playing a very controlled game for much of the first two periods, at least. They really weren't dominating <laughs> yep. the possession battle. And so that left a lot of challenges for Georgiev. And LA was generating shots from a lot of different areas. And this is sometimes where you see the fault in Georgiev. Like he is good in close and he's coming up to the top of the crease but sometimes he doesn't always track the pucks from up high through traffic as well but he was tracking the puck very well throughout the course of this game and it got better as it went on he looked dialed in and i felt really comfortable with the game that he had tonight for him yep. to be the guy moving forward agree um I did want to pick through the rest of the defense as we move into the third period here you already mentioned it with sam gerard a little bit had the best course of anyone on the abs defense also had some pretty glaring errors in there too. Where are we confident? Are we happy with that game from the Avs? I'm going to call Gerard three and Byram four because we're going to talk about Byram in a second. So let's call it the Avs top three. Are we happy with their game as a whole? Um, I, I think with Gerard, yeah. <laughs> Just because this is kind of what you expect out of him. Sure. Um, like like one of those. Like he's swinging it up bouncing puck that gets through three guys yeah and gerard's the last guy there so the people will see sam gerard and be like oh, damn the rhyme and you know that's just how it's gonna be um, I'm, I'm less worried with that mistake there more were, the one at the top of the offense there zone. were a couple yeah. there were a couple of plays that he left on the ice i thought you know uh, i was talking about duran earlier him jumping into the play and then the, and on, the on, on the offensive of side that, yeah. and not securing that puck for what would have been a really good scoring chance yep and it turning into a three on two the other way which he then gets back and helps to disrupt, but sure. like, you know, and, and so with Gerard, I, th I think I just think it's with like that's just who he is. Um, that's that's what he is as a player is that there are going to be there are going to be pock marks in the game, but he does so many things solid as well. Uh, we saw one of the PK shifts; they could not get out of their zone, 
and he makes a really nice, slick, backhanded pass. Up the wall, yeah. Through two Kings forwards, and it gets out, up and out of the zone cleanly because he gets it out. Yep. Statistically speaking, he was Colorado's best PK defenseman last season, which is pretty impressive because Devon Taves is one of the best PK defensemen in the NHL. Um, and, and Sam Gerrard was a little bit better than that. So we saw him get substantial PK time tonight. Yep. And I want to see that continue. I want to continue to see if he can really start to take some of those defensive responsibilities on a little bit more than he has in the past. Uh, and certainly take some of that responsibility away from Taves and McCarr. Uh, but also you're not living and dying with whatever you have that night from Jack Johnson and Josh Manson. If Gerard can be kind of a bridge there and do the, do that, that, that job as well, you have to like that. And so I think overall pretty pleased. And with, with Byram, Outside of the two penalties, I don't really have any strong problems here. Uh, there was the one pass in the middle of the ice where you were kind of like, whoa, I'm, but it, it also works and gets out of the zone. I'm, I'm with you on his play. It was fine. But yeah, one I mean, of those the, penalties is bad. Two is unacceptable. Well, and, and both are dumb. Yeah. Like both are boarding. He sees numbers the whole way. It's fine. Yeah, I, I, I don't, do you guys have anything else to add on Bo? I, I just feel like. Yeah, you can't do that. Certainly can't be a second pairing in the NHL and do that twice in the matter of four minutes. Yeah, and that's when you, I mean, again, it's not new, right? It's just, but it's a new season. You're learning. This is where you tap your, your PK guys on the back and you say, you know what? I'm going to buy you dinner in San Jose tomorrow. And yeah. thank you very much for saving my bacon. And, uh, you know, you move on. And it, it usually not an issue with Bo, right? You know, yeah. usually not an issue. Tonight, maybe had a little five minute of not thinking straight. You know what I mean? And then, uh, but somewhere, somehow they killed it. So, but you're right. I mean, uh, I, I didn't mind Sammy. I like Sammy. Um, I didn't mind his game. I mean, if, if, if we're nitpicking and, man, I mean. We clearly would, are. Would, they won the that's game five two. I would just, I would hate to, to be a, a fan of a different team. You know what I mean? So yeah, we're I, like pretty, if the Arizona know, Coyotes yeah. played this game tonight, yeah. that that post game show is them just high fiving because they're like, this is the best game they've played yeah. all year. I hey. guess in the last two years. And, and there's one thing too is like, the one thing I have a hard time with sometimes is, it's a sixty minute game. I mean, how many times in a season you got to be like, oh my god, they were in total control the whole game? I don't know, five six times. And the Avalanche is a good team. Maybe it's going to happen five six times. Other than that. It's tough to dominate 60 minutes. It's almost impossible, especially when you're playing good teams. You got to, it's not giving credit to the other team. It's just that the other team is actually playing their game at that time. That it's the NHL, it's the toughest league in the world. You're not going to get freebies and, you know, even AJ saying freebie Saturday. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm just saying, even, even Saturday. San Jose Sharks are, you know, they're going to get some time where all of a sudden they're, they're dominating. That's a team the, the who play, will win you know? 20 games this year. That's my point. And, and, you know, you can't always, you know, there's circumstances in a game that, you know, it, it, it's called momentum, right? You got to get it back. And, and the teams that get it back, especially in playoffs, are the teams that are successful. Right, you need a play to stop the momentum. Sometimes it's running into a goalie. Sometimes it's a body check. Sometimes the big blocks or a big PK or a big power play goal that gets you. I mean, look at it tonight. We were watching the Toronto game, right? Yeah. All of a sudden it's two nothing. There's an offside goal. If it's not offsides, it's right. You know, it's three nothing. What do they do? 
they use that and then they, they score in the next minute. Next thing you know, they win the game 6-5. So momentum is a key thing to get. When you lose it, you want to get it back. So, I mean, for me tonight, I felt that for all of a sudden when L.A. was taking the, the play, then the Avs would come up with a big play. You know what I mean? And then, you know, get that momentum back. And, and that's a sign of a championship team. I go back to that saying all the time because it's a cliche, but it's so true because they are a championship team. I mean, they're one of the best teams in the league. If you look at it, what, TSN yesterday had him as number one team to, Did they to have. repeat, right? There I mean, you go. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I, I think the you're talking about momentum and championship team and all that. Like, that's where the focus for me tonight is this third period. Yep. Yeah, yeah two penalties to like early in the period. You open up the door in a one goal game um, for a problem, but you kill them, and you kill them, and you give up like very little at five on five throughout the entire period, and then you do get that extra goal, mm-hmm. and that was one of the things that the Abs really struggled to do last year when they were protecting leads was get that extra goal, make their life a little easier, exactly, yeah. just a little bit of breathing room. They and that's to be that's one of the big differences between their cup team and last year's team was that little extra of giving themselves a little more margin for error. Last year it was so thin, and and you know two years ago those guys could have done whatever they wanted, and like we're one game in obviously, uh, but you have to that third period. The penalties are bad. Yeah. Like you go you go on the PK and th- you don't love that part of it, but everything else in there is so good. Oh, yeah. They're, they're so good defensively. They were hemorrhaging scoring chances and high danger chances at 5v5 in that second period especially. Yep. They, were, they got rocked they got, in that category. Yep. And they won both of them in the third period. When you're protecting the lead and generating more offense than the other team, they generated triple the expected goals at 5v5 in the third period. And when you're protecting a lead, like that's the anti-turtle. That's because everybody hates the turtle, but that's that's they continue to attack. They continue to do a great job. Their team defense synced up much better in the third period, and they closed that game. Things are going to happen against good teams. Like that second period is ugly, whatever. L- again, I stress, LA's good. Yeah. The Kings are a good team. They're going to cause problems for people. But to be able to give them the knockout punch that they did is what they didn't do against the Kings last year. Yep. We saw the Kings come back on them a couple times. So, uh, you know, for me, the third period is, is my number one takeaway from this game. And the Avs aced that test. The third period feels like a direct response to the mistake in the five seconds of the second yep. period, right. the final yep. seconds. Because what happens in the third period, and honestly, throughout a lot of this game, is a commitment to every last second of every shift, except for off the faceoff in the final yeah. seconds of the second period. And so I honestly even think I am not condoning Bo Byram's behavior, but I think there's an overzealousness in response to that second period. And he's not even directly responsible for that, but this is a team-wide message that is being implemented in that third period because I think that Sam Gerrard played a pretty physical game he came into the preseason with a chip on his shoulders yep. he was finishing his checks when he did make mistakes there was a commitment for him to correct them and it was a commitment that I appreciated as a viewer from every single player on this team and something that they buttoned up and Ross Colton encapsulates in the empty net goal for Miles Wood it is a commitment to the the final seconds of every shift 
even when they are leading in a game to get that empty net goal, set up his teammate, such an unselfish play that also requires so much extra-ness from Ross Colton, it only happens because he's doing the most. Well, and he wasn't the only player on the ice doing the most. I think the Avs responded to the failings of the final seconds of that second period by meeting the third, doing the most. And, and look, we know very well when it comes to closing out games, empty net situations like that, Bednar will go to his guys. Ross Colton and Miles Wood just took a ton of steps into becoming one of Jared Bednar's guys. Oh, he's going to love them. <laughs> well, and, and Tomas Tatar doesn't play very much tonight. Yep. But late in that game, he's on the ice. Yep. And you're, they, they, have, they have pulled the goalie with like right around like four minutes to go. Makes a chip play to get it up the and ice. He, yep. the, whole, the whole fifth goal, the empty net goal, starts with Tomas Tatar in the defensive zone. Yep. And then after that, it's just effort. Yep. Ross Colton gets, out from gets Ross Colton. all the way up the ice, wins his battle, dives, and just pushes the puck into space, knowing that Miles, Miles Wood, Wood go fast. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Miles Wood, like the one thing Miles Wood's going to be able to do consistently any night is skate really fast into space. So he just gets that, and he wins that puck battle. And you're looking at that third line, and you're like, okay, this is no longer Alex Newick and Dennis Mulligan. This is a super different dimension. And yep. that's. Newell had two goals tonight. I know a lot of Avs fans have talked about it. Like, good for him. That's great. He's not here anymore. Out of sight, out of mind. Yep. Best of luck to him. Can't undo what, it. What what you saw, what you saw, and what I loved, I, I said this on the watch along, is <clears throat> this is the first game of the season. Yep. And these guys are trying to show their championship caliber teammates they belong. Yep. They're trying to reward contracts that they got. Two of those guys got big deals from the Avalanche this offseason. Yep. They're trying to show for the front office, I'm worth that. This is what you got. And the different dimensions that that, that that line brought in particular, yeah, their possession numbers aren't great. Ross Colton got his head kicked in at 5v5. Ross Colton went up against Phil Deneau most of the game. If you asked 32 NHL GMs, which guy would you rather have, it's probably going to be Phil Deneau. Yep. More than half of those answers, if it's not... Like twenty six of them it should be the vast majority. Yeah, like Phil Deneau, like Phil Deneau was very, very good. So going up against Ross Colton, getting that as his opening night assignment. Yeah, there's work to there's some work to do there. But the various elements that that line in particular brought, especially in the third period, they were physical, they were feisty. They at, at times in the third period, it looked like they were the line that was driving a lot of Colorado's play. Yep, they looked great and. We're like, I don't even know how long into this post game and we've barely talked about Colorado's top guys, but like, uh, I love that third line. Like we know what Colorado's top guys are to the point where it's, it's old news. Yeah. These the, the four point nights and Kiel McCarr sets the franchise record for multi-point games by a defenseman at 24 years old. We know what these guys are. They're the, they're among the three of the ten very best players in the world. There's nothing we can say about the top guys that you don't already know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what was different last year was the uncertainty beyond those cats. And while they didn't, it wasn't a barrage of offense from them. What you did see was a hard to play against element, speed, physicality, and a disruptiveness that I think is going to really shine against teams that aren't as good as LA. I mean, if they can do it to LA. Because like they, like LA, what, what LA does well matches up well against what the Avalanche like to do, how they like to play. Sure. So LA causes some problems for the Avs. 
you know, especially with that center depth down the middle now, like they they're going, especially on home ice, as Megan mentioned, Tom McClellan's going to be able to do what he wants and get the matchups that he wants. Uh, we were talking about Jack Johnson earlier. Guess who Jack Johnson primarily played primarily played against tonight? It was it was Andre Kopitar and it's a big ask. Yeah, yeah. and and, and Pierre Luc Dubois. Like, yep, that's a tough assignment for that guy. And not very many teams are going to have that kind of center depth. And when they get games in Ball Arena, they're going to be able to protect those cats a lot better. Uh, oh, yeah. Very quickly, if you're driving in your car and someone goes full bone Byram and smokes you in the license plate numbers. Call Bacchus and Shanker, 222-2222 today. Uh, you can get over and get a free consultation from them. If they think you have a case, you will pay them nothing until they win your case. Zero dollars up front, and they're very good at winning cases. They've done a whole bunch of it, winning over a billion dollars for their clients. In the 25 years they've been doing it, uh, go over to coloradolaw.net or call that two number today to get that free consultation and get what you deserve also brought to you by us. It's a great time to become a DNVR diehard. I know we had a couple people in the chat of pregame telling us about it. We had someone down at the bar saying uh, it was their first time down here. So everyone out here having a good time. Lots of fun becoming a diehard. Uh, plus, not only do you get all of our content on the website, but you get a free shirt included with that, which is basically like half the price for being a diehard for a year. You also get discounts True. at the bar. Uh, you get discounts on merch, all sorts of amazing stuff. Uh, and and you got to make it to the bar while you can right now. We're, we're giving out shots for every Avalanche goal. And that's not going to last very long because the Avs are going to start scoring a lot hmm. of goals. So get out here soon. Saturday night could be a, could be a hmm. great way to kick off the season against San Jose. Get yourself some free goal shots while you're at it down here at the DNVR bar. Uh, all right. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Do we want to touch on any more of the top guys before I get into other stuff? It's related to the top guys, Go but it, it is how the ice time was managed tonight. Outside of Curtis McDermott, it was so much more balanced than I think we're used to seeing yep. when Kill McCarr doesn't lead the team in ice time at the end <laughs> of it all. Devon Taves does, so pretty similarly. But this is where I think in talking about Byram and Gerard. It's actually a really big part of the conversation is even though there were mistakes that get made and Byram makes some boneheaded mistakes in that short window of that third period, they actually were adequately, adequately able to eat up important minutes that allowed one Kale McCarr to be Kale McCarr. I wasn't kidding when I said that he played a hand in every goal for the Avs outside of that empty net goal yeah. in creating the play. Yep. And, and that transition to drive the play up ice. It all was running through Makar. And I think that starts with him not being the guy that has to lead the team in ice time in any given situation. If there are players mm -hmm. that you can trust to deploy opposite an L.A. Kings team, that is matchup hunting. So, you know, even still, Manson and Johnson maybe finish with a little bit rougher of a night. But Manson is still blocking shots out there. And, and Johnson contributes offensively in a bit of a way as well. Yep. Like this is where it became bigger than just the McCarr show. Obviously Granton and McKinnon also showing up helped that case, but I think it's going to be better for the wear and tear of the season that McCarr isn't the only player contributing and on the ice. Especially on a night like tonight, the only ask of the non big guys when McCarr McKinnon Ranton are going on a night like tonight is, Hey, we're going to play you some more. All you have to do is not lose this game. And they did their job. And then some in Jack Johnson's case with the assist <laughs> on the fourth goal. But it, the Avs 
best players are good enough to put themselves in situations where they can play those guys more and they have to take advantage of it. Kale McCarr being healthy, playing 24-ish minutes a night goes a long way instead of 28-ish minutes a night. Um, Beyond that, we haven't talked about the second line at all just to cover all of our bases. AJ, I know you were you were the big Valenshushkin guy tonight. You were yeah. about it, so yeah, I thought he played well. Uh, I thought the uh, second line was pretty anonymous as a group, yep. as a unit. There, they didn't really do a whole lot. Um, I continued to be the dissenting opinion on Lekkinen and Nachushkin together. I think that their skill sets are too redundant, and that as fun as it was to dream about them being hellacious four checkers together. It's too sabey. They've never really quite found that chemistry uh, together. And Ryan Johansson's still very much just trying to figure it all out. He did yep. not. He didn't look very good to me. He was, he was for my money, he was one of the ad's worst players tonight. Um, uh, if that's, that's the floor, you're doing all right. And like, yeah. it's, it's not. I always hate that stuff because it's like it's not a long-term indictment. Of course. I just didn't think he was very good tonight. I think that that, uh, that unit is still very much trying to find its legs. And it's a different world for Arturi Lekkinen now not playing next to Nathan McKinnon. He's no longer playing, you know, every With third shift. Best player and, in the world. Right. Yeah. And being asked to do only like the simple things next to two world-class players uh, and, and do just the dirty work. He's got to do a lot more of the skill thing on that uh, skill things on that line yep. um, to help out. And, you know, we'll, we'll see, but I like the way Natush could finish that game in particular. I thought it got better. Um, I didn't, I, I, Johansson just kind of missed the mark for me tonight and, uh, Lekkinen was just pretty anonymous. So, you know, I didn't, I, I, I don't have like it, a good it, or bad it, for look, Terry Lekkinen. Being anonymous is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And, and like, second you can't, lines, you can't be that guy every game. That's yeah. Second, the, second lines are like this. You know, yeah. we always talk about, Hey, your second, like the third, we're, t- we're talking about the third line. Yeah. Third line's going to have bad <laughs> nights. There's going to be third line nights where you're like, Oh my God, these guys, what just happened? Yep. And there are going to be nights where you're like, oh, my God, Ryan Johansson, what is the? This is incredible, man. Like, this guy won them a game tonight. You know, like, they're not top-line guys for a reason. Yep. Uh, there's there's only a handful of those guys in the world, and the ads have two of them. And they both just happen to be among the very, very best at what they do. But you, you let it slide until, you know, because the big boys were there, right? Yeah, of Miko, course. And then and until Miko and Nate are, are, are kept in check, you know, which is rare. And then I was like, oh, where are those guys? You know what I mean? Like, where's the second line? Yeah. So the second line becomes a whole lot more important when you're in a 2-2 game compared to a 4-2 game. That's that's my point. And then, you know, to finish on Ryan Johansson, I, I, did, I didn't mind him on the power play. I thought he had a good net front presence there. I thought he, you know, could have easily tipped that goal from Makara there. But he's, you know, <laughs> he's really being disruptive to the goalie there. I didn't mind him. I thought he meshed well on the PP. You're right. Five on five, there was a little bit like, you know, lackluster a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought that Nichushkin was the best player on that line. He's an explosive skater. Lekkinen, second best. Ryan Johansson, great on the power play, but 5v5. It wasn't complimentary enough to what Lekkinen and Nichushkin were doing. I don't think that he was able to be quick enough to contribute with them offensively. Yeah. And the other part of it was, like, in evaluating the top six, this is where... Lekkinen and Nichushkin kind of bringing a little bit of the same heavy forechecking presence and speed could maybe be better served to split up because the areas of the game that I had only some criticisms for Duran were in his own end. And this is an area of the ice where a Lekkinen or a Nichushkin might be complementary to a Druan. 
And perhaps then maybe someone like a Nachushkin or a Lekanen be elevated to the top line. And it's not to break apart the success. Like I think Duran and McKinnon working together has been working well. But I just wonder if there's more experimenting that could be done within the top six that will complement the whole a little bit better because McKinnon and Ranton are going to work well together no matter what. Yeah. I just don't know that everyone is being used to play to their strengths in the best way presently. It wasn't bad. This isn't meant to be a criticism. It just felt like I don't think Ryan Johansson shined at 5v5 with this specific line combination. Yeah. And, and I, I think some of it was Lekanen and Nachushkin are very quick. Yep. And I, I think he struggled to keep up a little bit. And maybe Druan would be better served because when he's playing with the McKinnons and the Rantanens, they aren't spending a lot of time in their own end. They're controlling possession in the offensive zone. So I think he maybe just needs some more reps too, getting equipped to how the Avs need to defend when they are in their own end because he described the ways in which this is different. And he talked about how they contain. And there's usually a second skater then to help. And I, I just don't know that that help came in the way that he was expecting tonight, and you could see that he was out of place and didn't know positionally how to read play in the defensive end. And maybe a player where that is a strong suit would help Duran a little bit moving forward. And let's be real, by the time we hit January, these experiments are going to happen over the next three months or whatever. For sure. This is one game, and the Avs are going to find things that work as best they can. And really, we know... If you're ever unsure, the abs are going to fall back onto McKinnon and Rantanen doing their thing. So, Well, and I think that's what gives them freedom to try stuff. Yep. You get halfway through a game and it's not working, you just put Miko and McKinnon. Yep. And just let them go. Back together. Yep. They're great. And I also understand not wanting to split them up because you're like, they're pretty good. Just a whole game of that. <laughs> They can give you four point nights <laughs> and just win you games. Yep. Which is the hardest thing to get <laughs> in the NHL levels, guys that just win you games. And those two, when, especially when they're together, they are truly dominant players at times. And they can be. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it, yeah, like some of the underlyings, you look at them and you're like, ah, eh, these aren't great. And then you're like, well, they had four points. Like, give me a break with some of those, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> They make world-class plays. Oh, that first goal is sick. Oh, I mean, <laughs> like, Duran gets an assist, and it's like, Duran's just like, this will probably be my worst assist of the season. <laughs> because Miko, he, he just moves the puck to Ranson and Ranson and makes it. I passed it to the guy who made the best play of the night. Yeah. <laughs> unbelievable play. It's so good. Yeah, and... You look at those guys, and you're just like, all right, they haven't missed a beat. They're pissed. They're motivated. They're going to... This is the Kings, like, you know, like <laughs> yep. this is a team that this is a team that, you know, had their like kind of got them a couple times last year and, you know, made a big offseason move and a team that fancies itself as one of the better teams out West. Well, th this was a good measuring stick game for both of them. And uh, the Kings fell short. Who do you think the best player for the Avs was tonight? Your give. Okay. Behind I'm your give. I thought he was great too. I I I see it. I'm still saying it's Miko. I but, um, yeah. I think Miko Rantanen's really up there. Like I don't know because we started this being a little critical of some of the 
the things that didn't go so His well. His first two shifts were terrible. Because it's our job. No, and I mean in the game on the whole, but I just want to give a second to talk about oh, Luka sure. Rantanen yeah, no, go specifically. After those first two shifts, it was a lot of good things. I didn't want to be the oh, one to Lordy. lead talking about Mika Rantanen specifically, but in talking about that first goal and then the goal he scores from kind of the fun angle. Yeah, impossible just angle. only an elite player of Mika Rantanen's caliber can make those plays. Yep. yep. And it's just, I wanted to shout it out because I don't want to get lost in the minutiae of things to not appreciate what Mika Rantanen is. And I think Miko's reaction to that goal really shows you how good he is because he puts that in and he just goes, yep, I do that. That's, I do that's that fine. On the regular. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. Doesn't well, think about it. Like Cam Talbot, you look at, we were watching that replay and we were like, Cam Talbot doesn't play this very well. He drops his head like two inches. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's all Miko Rantanen needed to make him look bad. <laughs> and Miko Rantanen did. And to your point earlier, you mentioned it earlier. It, hilarious. It comes 10 <laughs> seconds after he was in the middle of the ice with yep. the puck in a shooting not, lane. Does not shoot from the high slot. Like, he passes it over to Devon Taves, who does not get a quality scoring attempt shanks out of it. A yeah. one-timer. Shanks, yeah. Totally shanks it and gets an assist out of that shank. <laughs> yeah, because the puck, the puck rims it. back around <laughs> and Miko picks it up and Mikey Anderson watches him. He yep. falls to his knees and surrender. There's no other option. <laughs> Mikey Anderson fell to his knees at a Walmart <laughs> watching Miko score a goal. Because well, I think it's Fiala who goes to address McKinnon yeah, yeah. as he should. Yeah. And that's what makes these two so dangerous is they both command respect. And a player like Fiala has to make a tough decision because totally. you've got to defend against McKinnon or Ranton in there. You're not winning. You're, yeah. Well, and no Mikey Anderson's just like sitting there. Because Mikey Anderson felt it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, you're, and, and you're like, you're like, bruh, like that's your job. And he just watched it all happen and then turned around and he was like, huh. Geez, Talbot, why'd you drop your head so much? <laughs> That's why you can't give that guy three feet. Yep. Yeah. Can't. He's just too good. Nope. Uh, we do have a bunch of super chats to get to. Holy. Five dollars from William, who says, "Great game, boys. Look hungry, but I have to go to bed. <laughs> Not in mid-season form yet. Can't wait to listen to the pod on Spotify in AM. We are available on Spotify. If it's too late for you." You can always hit us up on Spotify. You can listen to it on your drive into work or whatever it is you might be doing. <laughs> if you want to leave us a five-star review over there, it helps us out a ton also. So How thank funny you, is it going to be us getting the way the schedule is? We're going to yo-yo from... 8 p.m. games. Yeah, they yeah. go 8 p.m. games, and then they have the two home, and then they, and go, they out go out east for, for a week and a PMers. half. Yeah. And so it's going to be super early starts, and we're going to be like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and then it's going to be 7 p.m. for three straight months. Yeah. Which is fine. It's all good. All righty. Who we got next? $10 from Tommy, who says, my way too early season predictions, Colton, Selkie, Georgiev, yes. Vesna, Makar, <laughs> Norris, Miko, Art Ross, Manson traded, scratched by deadline, oh. Bo, felony warrant issued, Avs Cup winner. <laughs> Some checks. That's hilarious. That, that one went it. off the rails at yeah. the end there. <laughs> I love it. Checks and balances comment right there. <laughs> Gotta gotta keep it even keel, right? Yeah. Thank you for the ten, Tommy. Uh, Five dollars from Anime, who says, "Love the cracking colors, <laughs> AJ." Boo. Tritary rules. Boo this man. <laughs> okay. I will sleep I feel fine. Like anime likes Tritary. I he likes the cracking okay. too. Yeah. I hope yeah. I'm recalling that correctly. Yeah. Otherwise, no, you're it's a right. weird thing to you're say. You're right. They're homies. 
Uh, thank you for the five. Five from Vaguely Sober, who says, Hey, Alexa, play Daft Punk, Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. Sweaty Boy Season officially is back. That's right, Vaguely. Let's go. It's not quite Ben Meyer's season yet, but soon enough. Why uh, you, you got to go there? It'll come. He'll play games. That's what I'm saying. Uh, $20 from the incredible Drew, who says, So good to be back watching the Avs take their place as the best team in hockey. Awesome work all summer, guys, and I'll see you Saturday. We're in. We're effing back, baby. Love it. Hell yeah. All about it. Thank you for the 20, so Drew. back. He's always here. The walrus himself with the $5 saying, oh, how I miss my friends after a game. Prepare Eric for a season of hashtag Rudo boobs. Love not walrus. Walrus. He's the walrus. Just trust me on this. Yeah, just trust. (laughs) $5 from Logan who says, good win versus a good team and abs hockey is officially back. That makes it a good day in my book. Just go easy <laughs> on the smelling salts. Yeah, Too late for that. Yeah, we did not Too do late that for tonight. that. Thank you for the five, Logan. Uh, $2 from Editor Edward who says, way to start the season off strong. Go abs. Thank you very much. Five from Aaron who says, 81 to go. I love this third line and they are only going to improve. Good vibes all the way around, I think, for the Avs tonight. As much as we nitpick, they were really good. Yeah. We have to nitpick, though, because if we treat them like other teams, we're just going to be like, well, smoke somebody else. Yep. See you tomorrow. Yep. It's hard to hard to do podcasts saying, hey, they're good. Bye. (laughs) Uh, $10 from Jim who says a great win to start another year appreciate to be here for another one with y'all much love DNVR forever (laughs) WWE fans they have that intro the WWE forever thing that's what I thought of when you said that we should make a DNVR forever (laughs) intro Uh, thank you for the 10 Jim uh, and then it's another five from Aaron. It looks like we have players that joined us that are 100% in on this mindset. I give all credit to our awesome coach, Bednar. Keep it up, brother. Come a long way from the fire Bednar chat rage <laughs> of the early days. Wait, one loss. <laughs> I know it'll be back, but I feel like most of it is sarcastic these days. Mm. Most of it. I don't know. And then 20 more dollars from Jim. Thank you very much. Great win to start the season. Glad to be back with y'all for yet another year. Oh, okay. You weren't sure that your first one sent. That's just the same thing. We appreciate the money, though. Jim. You're very kind. Uh, And then $5 from Enrique, who says, end the pod. (laughs) It is that time, I think. Uh, We are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Get your Avalanche Ambers. Uh, It's hockey season and the abs are winning, baby. But you can get eight different kinds on tap. You can find it near you at your local liquor store. Use the Breck Beer Locator online. They've got a flavor for everyone. And then hit up Breckenridge Distillery, too. If you're looking for the hard liquor, Breckenridge Distillery has you covered with award-winning whiskey. They also have a new vodka inspired by the Broncos' white helmets. They're also giving away sweet tickets to a Broncos game on New Year's Eve. Use the hashtag BroncosBourbon on Instagram with your favorite pictures of Broncos to enter, and then go over go over to BreckenridgeDistillery.com slash bourbon of the Broncos to vote for the winner. Any final thoughts on the game, or is it bedtime? Dude, it's not bedtime. Good. I know. I know we have hours and hours of work ahead of this, but the chat doesn't need to know that. Av's good. I like that. We're out of here. We appreciate you. 
I am going to do a video. These two are going to do some writing. Eric is going to go take his kids to hockey practice. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we appreciate y'all, and we will be back tomorrow with a normal podcast talking more about how the abs are just built different. We'll see you then. Y'all silly like the mayor. 